Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you guys here on this 4th of July weekend. I'm glad you made it. And for me personally, I'm glad to be back. Uh, Last Sunday, I was down at Camp Northward for Parent and Me Camp. And that's always a great weekend. But man, there is so much good stuff happening around here this summer. It's hard to keep track. Uh, This week, we had a high school group down in Tennessee for the Christ in Youth Move Conference. Anybody here on that trip? Yeah, several of you guys. Uh, From what I heard, God did amazing things at Move this week. Uh, We also had a group down at the Junior High Treehouse Adventure, also at Camp Northward. And as you heard earlier, our short-term mission team is headed down to Honduras this Saturday. Appreciate your prayers for that. There's just a lot of great ministry happening. And by the way, I want to thank all of you who give generously to help us pursue our mission of leading people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Man, that's huge. Some of you remember last month we had a special kingdom challenge. It was the 30-day generosity challenge. And the plan was that for the month of June, we would all take a step of sacrificial generosity and give to the ministry of the church over and above what we normally give. For our family, the the step we took was definitely a challenge, Uh, but over the years, I've learned that whenever we take these steps of faith, We never regret it. We never have. And so for everyone who accepted this challenge, I want to say thank you. Uh, In the month of June, our total offering was higher than every other month so far this year. And that's amazing because it allows us to take on special initiatives for God's kingdom. For example, I'm really excited about what's coming in August. Now, some of you know that now and then we'll have a day of serving or a week of serving, but this year, August is going to be a month of serving, and we're going to take the phrase, love your neighbor, and really put it into practice, kind of go big or go home. And so this is, uh, it's going to be an exciting month, you'll hear more soon, but for now, Please just pray. Uh, Pray that God will use our church to bless our neighbors in a powerful way. Well, it's time to jump into this morning's sermon. Last week we had a guest preacher, Shane Armstrong, and he kicked off this series called Life Verses. And I love the idea behind this series. A life verse is a part of Scripture that God has used somehow to make a big impact in your life. And I have several life verses myself, but this morning I want to share one verse with you. God used this one verse to literally change the course of my life. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. And I want to read this for you. Now this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to a group of Christians in the city of Corinth. He's writing to the the Corinthian church, and here's what he says, 2 Corinthians 4.18. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I do love this verse, but I realize it might might sound kind of strange. Because Paul says, you know what we do? We look at things we can't see. Okay, Paul, you look at things you can't see. That sounds like an oxymoron. 
And some of you know exactly what Paul's talking about here. But for me, I started to get a better understanding of this verse about 30 years ago. I can still remember exactly where I was. I was a college student at the time. I was at a a Christian camp in Illinois, and I was serving as a volunteer at this camp. And one day, uh, the the camp leaders sent everyone out uh, to spend time alone with God in nature. And so I went out, like everybody else, and I found a, a spot. I sat on a tree stump. There was a little stream right there, and I started to read the Bible, like I had done many, many times before. But I came across this passage, and specifically this verse, and more specifically, that last phrase, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And all of a sudden, it just hit me. God spoke this truth into my soul, and I was like, okay. And I started looking around. What is it that I can see? Because anything I can see is only temporary. And I looked at trees, and I was like, yeah, they're going to be gone. The trees die. But then I started looking at rocks, big rocks. I was like, yeah, I can see them. They're going to be gone too. And I, I, I looked at the sunlight filtering down through the leaves, and I was like, man, the sun is temporary. It's, it's going to burn out someday. And then I looked down at myself. I looked at my own body. I was like, yeah, my body is temporary. It's not going to last. Now, of course, this was not brand new information for me. Um, Intellectually, I knew that everybody dies. I knew this world doesn't last. But on that day at camp, God spoke to me in a way that this truth became very real and very personal. And there were all kinds of implications to this. See, in 2 Corinthians 4, God communicates something that really we all know, but we don't like to think about it, or we just are thinking about other things. And the truth is, this life is temporary. We know that, right? For each one of us, a day is coming when your physical body will just wear out. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday it's going to happen. And the fact is, I've looked at the research, and here's what I found. Out of every 100 people, 100 of them will eventually die. It's a long track record of that happening. The Bible says this very plainly in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. That verse says, and each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So we all have this appointment on our calendar. Only God knows the date and the time. But it's definitely coming. And if we know this about our future, it only makes sense that we get prepared. We want to be ready for that day. So this is what I want to do this morning. I want to take a closer look at not just 2 Corinthians 4.18, but a little more of this passage. and I want to find out how we can prepare for eternity. Now, we've already read verse 18, which is the last verse of the chapter, but we need to go back and get some context. Why was Paul fixing his eyes on things that are unseen? Now, I don't want to read all of 2 Corinthians 4, but I will give you a kind of a summary. Here's the situation. For several years, Paul lived as a missionary, just traveling the world. He went all over the place, preaching the gospel, planting churches, raising up leaders. And this work was anything but easy. 
Paul and his companions and co-workers, they were harassed and persecuted again and again and again. And in verse 8 of this chapter, uh, Paul says, brothers and sisters, I want you to know, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. And we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. And then he goes on and he says, we're suffering. We're suffering for the sake of Jesus. But Jesus suffered for our sake. And we're okay with this. We're okay with suffering. We know that one day we're going to die. But we also know that in the same way God raised Jesus from the dead, he's going to raise us up as well. And until that time, God will keep using us to share the message of Christ, share the gospel, so that this message reaches more and more and more people. And Paul knew, in the end, their suffering would bring more glory to God. And that brings us up to verse 16, and I do want to read this one. Paul says, therefore, because of all those things, therefore, we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away. Can anyone else relate to that? I'm starting to. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Paul's like, you know what? Someday we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. We're going to see him face to face. And on that day, everything we're going through here, it's going to seem like nothing. Our suffering, it's light and momentary. It's trivial. This is the reality. And Paul says, because of this reality, we are going to focus on what's eternal. We're not going to look at what's temporary. We're going to fix our eyes on the things that are unseen. And it's amazing that Paul could say these things. I mean, he, he practically made a career out of being persecuted. He was flogged and imprisoned and shipwrecked and stoned and left for dead. The list goes on and on. These kind of things happened all the time. And we wouldn't call Paul's suffering light and momentary, would we? But the truth is, Paul was right. When you compare the events of our lives next to the vast expanse of eternity, everything that happens here is just a blip. I want to share an illustration with you. I first heard this illustration years ago from a preacher named Francis Chan, and I've shared it here before. And at this point, I've seen this illustration many times but it's so helpful and powerful that I make sure I go back and revisit it now and then. So right here, I have this rope. It's a long rope. It goes on and on. And this rope represents your life. It's, this is the timeline of your life. And you got one end here, but on the other side, there, let's pretend that there is no other end. That this rope goes on and on forever. So this is not just the timeline of your life. This rope also represents eternity. But you notice on this first end here, there's a little red section. And this red section represents all of your life here on earth. Now, compared to the length of the entire rope, 
This little red section is practically nothing, right? And when you think about how we actually live, it gets a little ridiculous. We, we, we think about things like this. We think, oh man, I want to make as much money as I can from here to here so I can really enjoy my life from here to here. It's just kind of funny. We think, uh, we get all stressed out about what might happen here or here or here. And that whole time, we're not thinking about what's going to happen here or here or here. God says, this is the reality. This is what we see in his word. And man, it doesn't matter if you like this truth or understand it or believe it or accept it. It's still true. And because of that, we need to be very intentional about how we live on that little journey through the red part of the rope. You know, as a minister, I have quite a few opportunities to be with someone who is very close to death. And I've seen that when death is right in front of your face, you tend to see things more clearly. You you, you tend to be very aware of what matters and what does not matter. I see people thinking like, man, have I said what I need to say to the people that I care about? You let go of some of those worries and concerns you had years ago, and you're like, ah, that that stuff didn't matter. Now, I've seen that when someone is looking at death right in the face. But when you think about it, and when you look at this rope, we're all looking death right in the face. The Bible says we're like a mist that's here one moment, and then we're gone. So let's think about this. How should we spend our time in this very temporary life? I don't know about you, but that question, it makes me want to pray. It makes me want to say, God, I need your help here because I know me. I don't want to waste my life, but I I have a tendency to waste time. So, God, would you help me make the most of the very few years that you've given me here on earth? Well, the reality is, God does help us. He will help us. He already has helped us in places like 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In my life, God used this passage in a big way. I told you about that day at camp. Well, it was just a few weeks after that that I kind of hit a fork in the road. I made a big decision. Like I said, I was in college, and I changed my major from communications to Bible, and I took a totally different direction. I ended up in local church ministry, and that's what I've been doing for decades. And of course, God doesn't call everyone into local church ministry, but He does lead everyone to make the most of your life. And how do you do that? Well, I think 2 Corinthians 4.18 is a pretty good place to start. We can start by fixing our eyes on what is unseen and eternal. So let's get some clarity here. What are the invisible things that we should be looking at? Well, we we can make a longer list, but I want to give you just three things. I think these three things are the most important. Number one is God himself. At this point in our existence, we can't see him. But he's very real. He's the most important uh, thing in the universe and beyond the universe. He, He goes on forever. Nothing is more important than him. 
The second invisible thing to keep your eyes on is people. And you might say, well, people aren't invisible. I'm looking at you guys right now. You're, you're looking good. But the truth is, you know, 2 Corinthians 4.18, if it's, if it's visible, it's temporary. And so our bodies are the visible part of us. That's not going to last. But you also have a soul. That's the part of you that is invisible. And that's the part that goes on forever. The third invisible thing to focus on is love. We can see the effects of love, but you can't see love. Love is invisible, and it's also eternal. Millions of years from now, after this world has passed away, love will still exist. There will still be love between God and His people. So there you go, three unseen things to focus on, God, people, and love. So far, that's pretty simple, right? The list is simple, but how do we fix our eyes on these things? Well, Jesus gave us some pretty good instructions here. Do you remember what he called the two greatest commandments? Commandment number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Commandment number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are all right there on this list. And, I mean, there are many, many ways to love God and love people. But let's think about this in terms of the rope. From this perspective, I think there's an important lesson. When we look at this illustration and we see what Scripture says, we need to remember that everyone spends eternity somewhere. Everyone spends eternity somewhere. And here at Plum Creek, we believe what the Bible says about this. All of us are sinners. We've all uh, rebelled against God in one way or another. And because of our sin, we don't deserve to be in the presence of a perfect and holy God. We don't deserve that. But when you give your life to Jesus... Your sins are washed away. You are forgiven. God looks at you and he sees you as righteous and pure. And you are now fit to be in his presence for eternity. Do we deserve that? Absolutely not. But that's grace. That's the good news of Jesus. It's the best gift anyone could ever receive. But on the other side of this... There are many people who still haven't received that gift, people who are disconnected from God. They're outside of a relationship with Jesus, and if something doesn't change, they will be separated from God for eternity. That's why we take our mission so seriously here at Plum Creek. We know that God gave us the mission of leading people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. He gave us that mission because He wants everyone to be with Him for eternity. So we can't neglect this truth. Everyone spends eternity somewhere. And based on that truth, we need to be doing two things. We need to be ready for eternity, and we need to help others be ready as well. So far this year, uh, we've seen a lot of people at Plum Creek take that step of saying yes to Jesus and beginning that life-changing relationship with Him. It's been awesome. And here at the halfway point of 2023, I think it's really appropriate that we take a moment and celebrate what God is doing. So we have a, a video 
of people at Plum Creek who have been baptized into Christ so far this year. And I want to share this. Let's watch this together. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. Son of the living God. My Lord and my Savior. My Lord and my Savior. All right, Derek. Because of your confession, because of your faith in Jesus, you're now being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. And I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. Elliot, we're now going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because of your confession of faith, Jill, I now get to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sin and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It never gets old. Death, burial, and resurrection. Hopefully you saw somebody you knew in that video. And there are several things I love seeing there. I, I love seeing that these people being baptized fall into many different categories. Older, younger, in between, men, women, boys, girls. I also love seeing that it's not just ministers doing the baptizing. It's friends baptizing friends. It's a youth leader baptizing a student. It's five dads baptizing their kids. 
we all have a role to play here. God has given us all a role. Through Jesus, we can be ready for eternity and we can help others be ready as well. Man, the truth is, whenever someone says yes to Jesus, that's only the beginning of the story. And sure, the beginning is great. When you're saved by grace through faith, that's literally the best moment of your life. However, you still have to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of that red part of the rope. How will you live from this point on with every day that God gives you? We know that we need to fix our eyes on what is unseen. But how does that play out in everyday life? Does that mean you spend your days just looking ahead to the future, getting excited about being with Jesus forever? Absolutely it does. That's not all it means. You know, sometimes Christians get this reputation of just sitting around waiting for heaven. Uh, Over a hundred years ago, there's a quote that made the rounds that kind of said this. Uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr. was a doctor and a poet and uh, the father of a Supreme Court justice. And one time, Mr. Holmes said, some people are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. That became a popular saying. And that idea still exists today. I was watching a, a YouTube video of this rope illustration of Francis Chan explaining that. And I read some of the comments below the video, which is always entertaining, and YouTube comments are often disturbing too. But this particular one was interesting. It sounded a lot like uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes. This person saw the rope illustration and said, Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't focus on enjoying our lives with our family and friends. We should just sit around praising Jesus and giving glory to God all day, every day. Don't worry about doing the dishes, mowing the grass, or even going to work, because all of that is just temporary. Who cares about life when you have an afterlife? See what I mean? It's a new version of an old idea. But you know what? That commentator is describing a life that God does not intend for any of us. I mean, even a casual look at Scripture will tell you that. One great example is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, which says, So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This is a great verse because it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can approach every aspect of your life from an eternal perspective. You you can give glory to God, not just here at church. You don't have to separate church and life. You can give glory to God in your work, in your relationships. If you're going through a time of suffering, you can give glory to Him through that. Even when you're just hanging out and having fun. The trick is to fix your eyes on what is unseen and eternal. That focus changes everything. But again, how does that work? Well, I tried to think of an illustration here, and I apologize. I came up with something really random. I want to think about this in terms of pickleball. I don't know if we have any pickleballers here. I'm very new. I've only played one time. It was a few weeks ago. played with my son, Luke, and I had a lot of fun. I could see myself really getting into that. But uh, how could I... Give glory to God 
playing pickleball. I mean, just saying that, it sounds weird. It's not how we normally think. I wasn't thinking about that a couple weeks ago when Luke and I played. But what did we say? We need to fix our eyes on what is unseen. We've got our list, God, people, and love. So let's try it. As I play pickleball, I could think about people. I could think this is an opportunity to build relationships with people. I could be intentional about connecting with family or friends or somebody who needs Jesus. I could also remember that I represent Jesus in everything that I do, even when I play pickleball. So that means if I get over-competitive, which has happened a few times in my life, or if I have a bad attitude for whatever reason, I mean, I'm not giving glory to God in that moment. I'm not honoring Him. I could also remember that I need to keep my priorities straight. God said that we need to see, or Jesus told us that we need to seek God's kingdom first, over and above everything else. So that means if <laughs> I get so into pickleball that I allow it to consume my life at the expense of uh, important things that God has told me to be about, then I'm not honoring him. Now, I know this is kind of a silly example, but this is actually a great exercise. I encourage you to try this. Go home today or, or sometime this week. Take an activity or some pursuit in your life and pray about it. Think about it. How can I give glory to God in this activity? Whether it's your job or in the way you approach relationships with others in, in your hobbies or whatever it is. Because it's possible. If you fix your eyes on those unseen things, God, people, love, he'll give you away. At the end of the day, this is the main thing that we need to accomplish in life. Everything else falls under this heading. Our primary goal is to spend the rest of this life and the rest of eternity giving glory to God. That's why we're made. That's why we're here. And you know, in one way, this is very difficult because we're not perfect. Far from it, right? We lose focus. We invest uh, too much in temporary things. And even worse, we, we make decisions that dishonor God. But he knows that. He's got this worked out. His grace is sufficient for us. And God uses imperfect people during this short time that we have on earth to make an eternal difference. Through God's Holy Spirit, he empowers us to represent Jesus well, to grow to be more like him. And he partners with us to lead others to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And if we spend our days doing those things, man, we're not wasting our lives. I could go on and on about 2 Corinthians 4. I wanted to read the whole thing, and I'm going to stop right here. But I want to close by giving you a new kingdom challenge. Over the next few weeks, you're going to hear several different life verses. But I want to challenge you to identify one specific life verse that God has used in your life. This is a tangible way that you can give glory to him. You can tell the story of how God changed your life through the power of his word. Three weeks from today, on July 23rd, uh, we're going to share these life verses. The, the Plum Creek family, how has God used his word in your life? 
man, God's word is living and active. It's powerful. So let's share that with each other because I know in doing that, God will help us fix our eyes on what is eternal. So I'm going to ask you, if you wouldn't mind just sending me an email. Doug at PlumCreek.org. Let me know what you chose, what verse you chose, and why you chose it. And I'll send out a, an email to everyone and, and remind you of that. I know that God is going to help us make the most of this life. Let's pray. Father, you know us better than we know ourselves. You know how we just get so distracted. We don't see the big picture. But I thank you for reminding us of that in your word and help us, Lord, to hold on to that perspective, that eternal perspective, so we can uh, let go of things that don't matter and focus on the things that do matter. Lord, we want to be about you, loving you, loving others. So we ask that you just help us to live that kind of life. In Jesus' name, amen.